Hello, and welcome to the Over the Barricade podcast. I am your host, Ryan Downing, joined as always by my tag team partner, the deadliest catch himself, Lee Brando. Live and in the flesh, baby. That's not Adam Cole, that's Thunderlips. Good call. Okay. Good call. I just want to point that out. Yeah, let's let's not get in trouble because I feel like Bebe's probably been trademarked. It's I probably owe somebody money right now. Hopefully not, because we can't afford it. We have a uh, big guest on the show today. Yes, in the literal and figurative sense of the word "big," um, we have a very special guest. Somebody that I wanted to ask to be on the podcast. Um, I'm very honored that he said yes, and uh, it's really. A killer interview that we have with uh, Big Mike, Michael Scott, um, you know, notorious ring announcer of the independent scene all over the East Coast uh, and and more. Um, So I know you weren't as familiar with him, but you've seen him at some shows um, and he is he's retiring at the end of the year. Uh, So we talk about that. We talk about his life. We talk about. Um, just stories and everything like that. I mean, the guy is a treasure trove of wrestling, uh, you know, stories and, and life. So we wanted to get into that. The funny story about how his wrestling career almost started out in Alaska because of an NWO shirt. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's a crazy story. It's a great story. Uh, and like I said, really honored to have him on. So I think uh, without further ado, we should uh, get into that and... If you stick around for afterwards, we'll quickly recap some things around wrestling and the wrestling world and news, uh, but we'll get to our usual stuff after after this interview. And a special guest, as we have something of a, a local wrestling legend, as it were. Very special guest. Very special guest. He is ring announcer for many promotions in the, on the East Coast, but uh, lately especially has been involved with Rampage Pro Wrestling. It is Big Mike Scott. Uh, nice to have you on the show. Yeah, I tell you, you know, I don't, I don't know how to follow that. A local <laughs> wrestling legend. I feel like, uh, I feel like the Paul Bunyan of the Oregon woods over here. <laughs> <laughs> Close to it. Uh, just about as tall, I believe. <laughs> yeah, he's a lot bigger than me. I'm just really fat. That's all I got going for me. <laughs> now you look like you've uh, been dropped some weight recently. I've been following you on. Social media, you've been hitting up the gym, eating right, looks like. I'm trying. I just got through hiking about two miles today. I walked up to a um, Turkey Point Lighthouse and I came back down. It was a nice little thing, but trying to do some uh, – I work in a warehouse, so I have this DD, I can do DDP yoga in my warehouse, so it kind of works out. So I did that during the afternoon at lunch break. So Yeah, so you were telling me about three in the that. Morning. Yeah, you were telling me about the uh, DDP yoga. How's that? Uh, I've never done it, but I've heard a lot of things. Is it is it intense or is it more mellow or? It's it's as intense as you can make it. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's cool. Uh, I mean, it's something different. It's like dynamic resistance meets yoga, hmm. and it's changing lives all over the world. This is not a you know I'm not a DDP yoga spokesperson, right? No plug or nothing, but it's changing lives all over the world. You see the stories on YouTube and things. It's some amazing stories coming out of that program. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so you are uh, pretty much located in Delaware now, but yeah, uh, you grew up in Georgia. Is that correct? That is correct, man. I yes, heard it a, is. 
I heard a story that you actually went to uh, the same high school, different time period, but the same high school as Ron Simmons. Is that right? That is a true story. My, uh, yeah, my, he was in the class after my mother. Huh. And um, in fact, when I was younger, when he was the WCW champ, they would come to Perry, Georgia a lot, which was our county uh, capital. And they had a big arena there that they would put on uh, their house shows and things at the Perry Ag Center. And he always came to Warner Robins High School, which is where I went to school. And um, yeah, so I got to meet him many times. My, uh, my brother actually got to mess around on the football field with him for a little bit. That's cool and also <laughs> frightening to think of. <laughs> Having Ron yeah, Simmons I, come at you. I met uh, some of his family. I remember meeting one of his cousins one time. We got into an hour-long conversation about wrestling. And his cousin cool. and whole nine yards, yeah. So I keep hearing about Warner Robins. I, you know, it's one of those towns that I don't know if it's like a wrestling hub or whatever, but I believe isn't Danny Horn from around that area or? Yes, Danny Horn's from around that area, and uh, that's my good buddy Danny Horn, and uh, he's he is a legend. He's more of a legend than I am. He's been in the business over thirty years. Thirty years. He's Crazy. been in the business. I remember. See, Danny's first wrestling, one of his first wrestling matches, I don't know if it was the first, but I know it was one of his first wrestling matches. He wrestled in a, there's a car dealership called, this is this is independent wrestling that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, it was in the parking lot of a car dealership for a radio thing. And my father and I went and saw it. In fact, my dad almost got into a fight with one of the wrestlers. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, oh, God, that was, I, I'm not going to curse, but the the basis of it was the guy got in my dad's face, and the guy was wearing a pink, pink, pink span, you know, mm-hmm. out onesie or whatever. Getting heat. It was singlet. He was getting trying to get heat, but he was horrible at it. <laughs> God, he was so bad. And my dad said, of my dad a dirty, a, a bad name. And my dad pretty much said, I know wrestling is what it is, so don't turn this real, or I'll get in there and kick your butt. <laughs> so the guy kind of left my dad alone <laughs> the rest of the night. Yeah, I don't know what I would do. Excuse me. I don't know what I would do if I got that from a fan. I'd be like, ooh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my dad, my dad was notorious for that. He, he did that one time for, with Terry Funk. Terry Funk was in the, we're sitting in the, not ringside, but there was a little, uh, little area above ringside, and it was, we called it the blue seats, those were the uptown seats for us, we were poor growing up, so when we got to sit in the blue seats, buddy, we were, uh, we were living high on the hog that day, (laughs) and um, Terry Funk comes in the blue seats by my dad, and he's waving at Brandon Iron, my dad looked at him. And I will never forget this as long as I live. He said, I paid 20 bucks to come see you get your butt beat. Go get in the ring. Go give me my money's worth. (laughs) (laughs) I told Terry Funk that story about two years ago. (laughs) Did he he have any recollection of that? Oh, God, no. He just laughed his ass off. Yeah. Might be something that sticks in my head if somebody ever said that. I you know, I, if your dad is uh, anywhere near your size genetically, that would be kind of frightening. 
<laughs> my dad was bigger than me. Oh. I'm those taller than my dad. He was just wider. Gotcha. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, God, I miss you. God, I miss you. So take it. I take it that the wrestling bug you got pretty much from your dad to start. Oh, dude, I have been a wrestling fan since I was three years old. I used to get in trouble in elementary school for talking, and you know you're supposed to be taking a nap, mm-hmm. and all I want to do is speak, talk about wrestling. And so I used to get in trouble. The woman, the woman told my mother one time. She goes, "I want to spank the poor child because he won't shut up, but he's just talking about wrestling." I just, I laughed my tail off. That was the funniest thing. Now, both Ryan and I uh, grew up in Maryland, so yeah, we're, it, it's a little more north. But from my understanding, back in the day, wrestling in the South was a totally different animal, and it still kind of is. It's, it was more serious. It was more. You know, less cartoony, and you could actually get some like killer nuclear heat in those arenas. Um, what promotions and stuff? I'm, I'm guessing Georgia Championship Wrestling. What did you watch yeah. growing up? And when uh, when WCW got big in the '90s, were you still in the area? Did you get to get live through any of that? Oh God, yeah. I was at the um, the the day. The NWO started with a Monday Night Nitro at the Macon Coliseum, and Scott Hall came out of the crowd. You remember that? Mm-hmm. He walked right beside me and put his hand on my shoulder. Wow. I was sitting right there. Yeah. A, a I, I saw moment. it all. When Sting came back and he was doing the the, the crow gimmick with the bat and everything, mm-hmm. he came out of the Raptors to the Macon Coliseum. I was there when... Roddy Piper and him got to this big brawl, and they spray paint NWO all over Roddy Piper's back and everything. And the Macon Coliseum, I was there. That was the thing. You go to Hooters before this is before my bride. I know she's listening in the other room. This is before my wife. <laughs> we we won't get you in trouble. We'll try. Uh, it, was, it was after the first wife and before the second wife. No, I'm sorry. This is before the first wife too. Um. We, the deal was, man, you go to Hooters, you go see some, you know, look at the girls, eat some chicken wings, and go see some boys. Get the butts whooped. That's, and I tell you, it's just crazy, man, yeah. That's not a bad life. <laughs> <laughs> but that was yet, the deal, that's what I used to do. Those are some of the biggest moments, and, you know, of the biggest era of wrestling. It's crazy that you were there. I mean, how old were you? Were you, were you verging into the business while this was going on, or were you still a little too... Young to be. No, in. I was, I was, I was in my twenties. Well, I'm sorry, I was, I was still young. I was probably about sixteen, eighteen, something like that. I was getting ready to get out of high school mm-hmm. when all that was going on, and um, I didn't get into the business until much, much later. Hmm. So I was about twenty-five. Was so, it? Was the original idea uh, being a worker, like being a wrestler, or? Oh. Yeah, I always wanted to be a wrestler growing yeah. up, and, and, and I had this, I used to have a fantasize in my mind, because they used to wrestle a lot in our hometown at a place called the, the Civic Center, and we used to go, it didn't matter, there was a company called Peach State, they're no longer in business now, they're Continental, but Peach State would come to town, and they'd bring Abdullah the Butcher, or they'd bring Rick Steiner, or Rick Rude, and Jerry Lawler, and you know, mm-hmm. all this, and um, we brought some uh, jobbers, Fred Avery, and, you know, all those guys, Paul Warndorf, Chick Donovan, 
Some of these names you probably never even heard of. The Golden Boy Chick Donovan. And uh, we used to go to all of them. And I got to know some of their wrestlers, the promoters from Georgia Championship Wrestling. And I, and I always told my dad I was going to do it. And they used to wrestle in a boys and girls club. And I'll never forget it. I was talking to uh, S.D. Jones, Special Delivery Jones. And I said, I always wanted to be him and the, it was him and the junkyard dog. And we were talking at uh, intermission. Hmm. And I said, uh, I always want to be a wrestler. And he told me what to do. And I said, this is too hard. I don't know about all that. I don't think I could do all that. And then, yeah, how I got into a rest, the wrestling business is a very funny story. Uh, we are so interested because... I actually have always found those kind of stories can be some of the best ones. Um, so if you don't mind, I would love to hear it. Okay, cool. There's the, there's the lead-in. I, um, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I was working at a radio. Well, let's go back. I was in the. Let's start with this. I was in the Air Force, and I have. I did. A, I used to be. Believe it or not, if you ever hear me cut a promo, you can see it. I um I used to be a Southern preacher. Yep, and, I see um, it. I was, I was a, <laughs> it all know, makes I, sense I now. Traveling, I was a traveling evangelist. I used to travel all over the South and stuff, and when I would come home to visit from the service. And um, so we were in Alaska, and there was a guy working at a place called Cub Food, which was the big grocery store chain. And I had, I saw him had an NWO shirt on, and I said, "Man, I like that shirt. I'm a big wrestling fan." He goes, "You ever want to be a wrestler?" And I said, "Yeah." He said, "Well, come on, come come to this address Wednesday night." I said, "All right." So I went down there. I met the promoter. We talked. I told my girlfriend, who was my first wife at the time, who would later on become my first wife, I said, "I gotta go to this wrestling show." She said, "Why?" I said, I gotta, I'm got i going to go talk about becoming a pro wrestler. She goes, I'll never marry a pro wrestler. Mm. Why I didn't pick up on that clue, I have no idea. <laughs> but she said, I, I, I will never marry a professional wrestler. So mm. there was that chance. Years later, after I divorced her, <laughs> years so, later, so wait, I'm living, Let yeah, me just ahead. get this straight. You almost started your wrestling career in Alaska on on a chance yeah. encounter over an NWO shirt. And the yeah. only reason you didn't do it was because the girl said no. Yeah. <laughs> that is a because crazy. Was... <laughs> is that, that nuts? That's, that... How, that's how stupid I was. That was dumb. Well, no, I'm just saying that that whole story is just the, the, the elements that have to come together to get that to happen. Just sorry. I'm just, this is great this because is cool. you know, being in the wrestling scene around here, as you know, you have a lot of acquaintances, but very few friends. And it's hard to really get to know somebody while you're putting a show together and everything like that. So for me, this is just great to, to hear all this. And, and it's kind of some kind of a conversation I always wanted to have with you. So please continue. Okay. So years later, I was working for a radio station. Again, this is all a chance encounter. And I was riding in a car with another salesman, and he was doing something with um, the Everleys. And um, they, were, they had, he had gotten this big fundraiser concert together. And I said, you know, I bet you I could do that with wrestling. Hmm. So um, 
I got to talking to some people, and I met everybody from uh, this guy named uh, Bull, Bull Buchanan. He used to be in the mm -hmm. WWE. He was in the uh, the CM Punk gimmick, the big tall dude, the bald head. He was wrestling, and Johnny Swinger, and some other guys. And I would travel to Alabama and Georgia, and they would. We were all, to, you know, Georgia's is middle of Georgia, and the area I was at was kind of kind of compacted, so everything was kind of like an hour drive. It's kind of like here, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So. I was talking to one of the DJs. He goes, you know what? I know a dude named Eric Nelson. And Eric Nelson would become very pivotal in my life. And y'all will find out why a little later. But Eric Nelson and a guy named Mike Bullard, Mike Money, uh, with the All-Star Wrestling Network, which is no longer in business. And um, so I got a hold of Mike, and Mike was like, I love, love the idea. Come down. And I'll let you be a referee and, or a guest ring announcer. And I said, okay. Mm -hmm. So I met Eric Nelson. We talked. Eric helped get me into business. And I, I announced one show for Mike, uh, Mike Money, AWN. That night, we had done a little commentary gimmick, me and Eric did. Mike Money comes up to me. He goes, I really like you. Won't you, become, won't you be our state regular ring announcer? And that's how that happened. There you go. And the rest is, as they say, history. Gifted natural, as I understand it. Yeah. yeah I guess. <laughs> when, when you said the thing about the preacher, I just, that all made sense. Because you, now, you still, uh, you, you, you did weddings, or you still do weddings? Yeah, is, I still yeah. do weddings. Uh, I married my daughter off not too long, last year. Wow. Um, I married my best friend. I'm supposed to be marrying my cousin off. Um, yeah, I've done I've done weddings. Then two or three of them. You definitely get that from your promos and kind of that like. There's a lot of ring announcers, especially on the indie scene, but there's few that really kind of project that voice and kind of. There's a lot of noise in an indie show. It maybe. It's not always set up perfectly, so the crowd gets kind of loud and kind of overshadows, but you project over them in a way that everyone hears. You can hear it in the back. It's great. I mean, there really is an art to ring announcing that I don't think yeah. is, I don't think is, you know, focused on uh, enough. Like, to you, did you know that going in, or is that a lot of stuff you learned on the way? No, I've always been a fan of sideshows. And I remember as a kid, what would bring me in the building, like, like the guy would go, you know, here she is right here, come on in, $1 i get you to see her, the snake girl, live from blah, 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 whatever. Got the head of a beautiful woman and the body of a snake. Mm -hmm. Well, shit, I want to pay my daughter to go see that. <laughs> or my sister to see that, that'd be cool. So I've always equivalented... Uh, I guess that's the word, I, or I just made something up off the fly there. It I, works. Uh, we do that all the time. Equal, to, yeah, I know, right? Hey, uh, <laughs> but equal to that is because my job as a ring announcer is to get them to pay attention. You know, the hard mm -hmm. part is, Lee, is you guys. You know, you guys got to get over my my part in the my part in the play is. 
I got to be able to get their attention back to where, hey, this is what's going to happen. So by the time you are out there, the crowd's already warmed up, ready to go. They're they're ready. And so then I'll just give you the ball, let you take care of it. But and then, as a ring announcer, I, and I think I, I think no one <laughs> understands. I, I really believe that nobody really understands the job of the ring announcer. You know what I mean? Yeah. And th- there's a way. There's ways to do it. There's there's ways not to do it. Trust me. I have I watch things, and and when I was really pushing to try to get into the big leagues like the WWE and TNA. I was watching all the, the demo videos out there of these guys because I got some videos out. I got a video of mm-hmm. my talent, I guess. And I was watching. I'm like, what in the hell is this? If this is my competition, and then I realized what my competition really was, and I said, oh, I'll never beat that. But um, I, I just looked at all the competition that's out there. I'm like, you're actually putting this, like, you're putting this out. <laughs> like, like, yeah. dude, you're wearing jeans and a t-shirt, and you're putting this on tape, going, "Yeah, look at me, look at me." No, how about put on a suit and tie? Let's try this again, Bobo. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a. I don't think I've ever seen you not in a suit in a wrestling venue, besides when you were uh, taping up last weekend to yeah, throw no. fists. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's definitely. Uh, a, a vital part of the whole show because you're you're transitioning from the last thing to the next thing or you're opening the show um and it, it's 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 one of those things where if you're a good ring announcer you don't notice it almost like if you're a good referee you don't notice the referee but if you're a bad referee you'll notice him more he'll stick out and it, it's really a there's a subtlety to it which sounds weird because you're you're pretty much yelling into a microphone the whole time so um, but I want to kind of get into uh, your your current wife, uh, Tiffany, if we can talk about her. Because the way I understand it, she's a pretty big, uh, important part of your life, especially with you coming up north. Oh, dude, she is the reason I'm up north. Um, again, Eric Nelson plays a very big part in this. Um, he actually... And my wife were talking, not talk, you know, not, not romantically talking, mm-hmm. but just friendly talking, on uh, on MySpace. That's how far this goes back. <laughs> so we were, Eric at the time was a Navy recruiter, and he said, "Hey, this girl wants to run a show in Delaware." And I just saw this beautiful woman, and I said, "She's she's hot." He said, hang on a minute. See? And then that was the first time I ever spoke to my wife. So she and, was uh, putting, she was going to promote a show? She was, she, yeah, she was, she didn't, you know, she didn't know the ins. Now she knows the ins and outs. And she said, thank God I never did that. And I'm so happy <laughs> that I never did this. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. if there's one person so, pulling their hair out on show day, it's the promoter, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Does I learned very quickly, and um, well, so uh, you know. Long story short, um, I I came up here. She flew me up here, cause that's how I roll. I made the girl pay for it all. Hey, tell me your I, secret. Uh, <laughs> she flew me up here, and I I told her. I said, "Well, 
you know, I love you, and, and I, I really want to make this work. And she goes, I do too. I said, well, you ain't coming down here. <laughs> so I guess I know what I need to do. So I, I got back on a Sunday night. I never forget it. I came back on a Sunday night. I went to my job on Monday morning. And I walked in, and my boss and said, I'm moving in two weeks. I quit. And he said, what? I said, I'm leaving in two weeks. He said, I'm giving you my notice. I went to my mother. I said, I love this woman. I'm moving to Delaware. She said, you're crazy. I said, I had, well, we'll see. My job had beds at work. I think and half of those people now are dead and said that um, it wouldn't last 30 days. We would, would be married 10 years, January the 28th. Wow. That's crazy. And, I, uh, I mean, it really you must is, have known because you know, I don't know was, if I could do that. <laughs> I don't know if I could just see you. I, I went to work on a Friday. I had my truck packed for my stuff, and and I was on the road right at like 2 o'clock Friday afternoon driving up here. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. yeah. We've been married. She's tried to leave me 13 times. We've been married <laughs> for 10, 10 years. <laughs> Well, uh, always said. Uh, now that you a little further up north, is it is it different? Um, is it a different atmosphere? Do you have to change anything that you do as a ring announcer from when you were in the South? Is, is it is it that different, or is everything homogenized now? Everything's homogenized. I mean, wrestling's wrestling. If you can get over, you can Georgia or anywhere else. You can get over anywhere. You know. And you just got to have that charisma, be that talented, you can get over it. And, and I look at it like it, it's all the same as wrestling. Don't matter if I'm in New England. Don't matter, I'm not changing my I can't change my accent. God gave me this, you know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just kind of just, I, I've never changed. I've always been the same way. Well, hey, it works. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to As not we can see, say that. it works. So, <laughs> so. <laughs> point, of, point of changing. Well, uh, what, uh, you know, in the last decade or so, what is, what are some of the standout promotions or moments? I, I know you were involved with uh, NWA for a, a little bit uh, in the last year. Is, is there anything yeah. that you really cherish and, and hold on to and kind of think that was something I was really lucky to experience and and kind of never forget type thing? Oh, I've got, I got, I could be in two hours with stories I'll never forget. <laughs> um, NW Big Apple, I'll be with them Saturday. Oh, that's um, right. That was a, that would be, um, that was a very good time. I got to interview the NWA World Heavyweight Champion and interview Bruce Tharp, the president. And I've gotten to cut promos with the Rock and Roll Express and uh, Jimmy Hart. Bill Abter, you know, um, That's... I've had Nikita Koloff compliment me on my suit. I can't um, say that. <laughs> I've got to hang out with Tommy Wildfire Rich and, and and got to hang out with the Rock and Roll Express and and I met you know the I met the uh, the Midnight Express all of, you know Stan Lane and beautiful Bobby. I got to eat dinner with Kevin Nash. I got to eat lunch and dinner with Jimmy Hart and Robbie E and Bill Lapter. I've been very blessed. I called Bill Lapter one of my close friends. Wow. And it's like, yeah, I've been doing, I've been in that. In fact, I have a piece 
from my father's collection at Aptor's Alley. Um, I've got to interview Mean Gene Okerlund. Um, I've got to interview Cowboy James Storm. Yeah. Is that, uh, is the, the younger version of you growing up, going to the Civic Center, is that kind of, would that make his head spin? Just thinking of that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I often think, you know, my father died about, uh, what year is it now? It's 2017. He did, he died in 2002. So uh, 15 years ago, our, my father passed away and, um, he never, you know, he never got to see any of this. And I often wonder what my dad would say if he could, you know, we're hanging out, talking on the phone. I got Jimmy Hart singing in the background, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I was in, um, Last year, I was in Charlotte, North Carolina on my wedding anniversary. My poor wife. <laughs> I was in Wilmington, North Carolina. And that's a funny story. But I was in Wilmington, North Carolina for my wedding anniversary. My, my uh, eighth wedding anniversary. And um, Jimmy Hart actually sang to my wife for our anniversary. That's not bad. <laughs> I swear to God, that, that happened. I... Um, I got a lot of funny stories, man. It, it's I'll tell you, I'll tell you one of my favorite stories, and I will tell this, cherish this forever. What this is the women to North Carolina trip. I was with Jimmy Hart. We were at the Honey Baked Ham Company in Wilmington, oh, North Carolina. <laughs> and this guy, this guy jumps up. He goes, "I've been waiting on you." And he was a big old dude, and I got between him and Jimmy because I didn't know what this cat was about to do. He goes, no, 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 I've been wanting to meet you my entire life. So he 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 talked to Jimmy. He said, what do you got here? Hey, baby, what do you got here? <laughs> and uh, he said, "I, you know, well, this is a pimento cheese sandwich. He goes, I love pimento cheese sandwiches, baby. I'll take one. <laughs> so I, I hate pimento cheese sandwiches. I think they are the most disgusting sandwiches <laughs> in the world. I have never liked pimento cheese sandwiches. They used to give them to you in church, and I would find a reason to get sick and go home. I wouldn't, I wouldn't eat it. I, I can't. I think they are disgusting. My best friend's mother, God rest her soul, Miss Linda, she was notorious for trying to make me eat pimento cheese sandwiches. I love you. God bless you. You're in heaven, but damn it, I hate them <laughs> damn things. And um, so I told Jimmy Hart, I said, those things are damn disgusting. I said, just like that. He's eating this pimento cheese sandwich. He's going, God, this is a good pimento cheese sandwich. You want some of this pimento cheese sandwich? <laughs> I said, no. He ribbed me for an hour over pimento cheese sandwiches. So he picks up the deli pickle. It came with a big, long deli pickle, like a foot longer, you know? Uh-huh. He goes, Bill Laughter hates these damn things. He just kept saying, he goes, I think I'm going to give Bill a pickle. <laughs> And I'm like, well, he, and I wasn't picking it up. I was like, I was tired. I ain't slept all week and weekend. I was beat, man. Every time I did those shows, I wouldn't sleep for about three days. And um, so we get back to the, it was in a bar, a, a, a bar. And the bar had two levels, it had an upstairs and a downstairs. So all of a sudden I hear, where's, where's Bill Lapter's bag at, Mikey, baby? I said, it's, there's that brown one right there. 
I see nothing but Jimmy Hart's ass in the back of this car. I'm like, what in the hell are you doing? He goes, I'm giving Pill a pickle. He put the pickle in the, he hit, he goes, he ain't never gonna find that damn thing. And we walk, we walk into the beginning, we walk back into the building. The whole, it was a four hour trip back to Charlotte. Right? They rode with me all weekend. So it was a four hour trip back to Charlotte. Jimmy keeps going, Bill, I got you a pickle. <laughs> Bill, I got you a pickle. We get, it's 4 o'clock in the morning. We're at the, at the Hilton or someplace by the airport. And Jimmy Hart looks at me and goes, Big Mike, I guess we... Bill never did get that pickle, did he? And we just started rolling. Bill was so tired, he didn't know what the hell was going on. Did he get on the plane? He, got, he took it on the plane. He didn't realize he was in his bag. <laughs> Oh man, I can only hope he didn't get stopped by TSA or something. You got a pickle in your bag. <laughs> What's that know. about? Hey, what's this? What is this? What are you smuggling on here? <laughs> but I, I tell you, you know, I, I have all kinds. Of, what's another good one? I'll tell you a quick. I'll tell you a James Storm's funny story. All right. Right. So I get a call. Is James? I had to go pick up James Storm at the Philadelphia airport. I'm going to clean it up because there's a lot of F words getting dropped at that even. Ryan would so appreciate I, that seeing as he has to um, edit out every time I drop one of those by accident. So. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to drop F bombs on you, brother. I promise. <laughs> Most appreciated. Hey, I'm here for you, man. So <laughs> I get, I get, I got, I pull up to a little island. If you guys ever been to the Philadelphia airport, I think you know what I'm talking about. There's this little yeah. island that you can pick people up at. Mm-hmm. So I pull up. James Storm opens my door, opens. We open the truck of the car. I said, "Mr. Storm, how are you?" The first words out of his mouth is, "I, I hate blank frontier," and it was. It, it, it didn't start with "Hi, how you, you doing?" Not, "Thank you for picking me up." I hate blank effing frontier, and I was like, "Okay, I'm he doing well, also." He went on a 30-minute tirade about how much he hated Frontier. And me and him got along just fine. <laughs> I felt so bad for that man that trip. I was laughing my ass off. I thought it was the funniest thing. And I just let him go. I just I was like, yes, sir. <laughs> and so we uh, he ended up, I felt so bad for him because the promoter, you know, they he, did, he had heard a rumor that James Storm smoked. So he put him in a smoking room. Well, the rumor said James Storm smoked. James Storm is allergic to smoke. Oh, <laughs> oh no. no. So, I, we pull up to the Best Western. His eyes are all bloodshot red. He's coughing and said, I ain't slept a effing wink all night long. <laughs> we, we did rough. the signing. We cut a promo together. Then I took him back to the airport and he gave me a hug and said, Thank you. <laughs> well,. That's crazy. Jeez. Uh, yeah, like you said, we could go on for, for hours. Um, but I did kind of want to address the elephant in the room. Um, you know, this this great career, this great uh, life in wrestling, you're, you're calling it quits soon. Um, and it, it's not really like a an easy goodbye for a lot of people. And and 
making it no easier is Project Mayhem. Um, I know you don't want to talk about it, but I thought, you know, maybe you could just fill in our listeners, um, anybody who's going to check this out about the situation, how serious it is, and, and how they're kind of taking away this opportunity for you to go out the way you deserve to go out. Um, did you want to say anything ab- about that situation? We can talk about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to give them a lot of uh, attention because that's what they want. They're attention hounds. That's what they do, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, hell, they attacked you from behind, Lee threw you in a damn fence. Yeah, I'm, 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 I was trying to figure you know, out what was going on. And next thing I know, I'm looking up at you and Danny Horn. Uh, dislocated my finger. I still can't put it back in. Uh, yeah. But it's... You know, and then later in the night, of course, uh, we had Rex Savage make his return to Rampage and and kind of yeah. show his true colors. Uh, but anyway, uh, the floor is yours. Well, you know, if if anyone listening goes to Rampage Pro Wrestling, you will see what's going on. The deal is, is that we will have the main event is going to be Team Big Mike versus Team Project Mayhem. If I lose, I will give control of Rampage to Project Mayhem. If I win, we finally get rid of Project Mayhem. They have to disband and leave Rampage Pro Wrestling. Well, I'm leaving. I'm leaving Rampage Pro Wrestling regardless. Right. November the fourth is my last show, and uh, but, uh, you're going to be actually competing in the ring. I'll be competing in the main event. Yes, that's uh, that's kind of unfamiliar territory, if I'm not mistaken, for you. A little bit, yeah. There's there's a lot of secrets. I can I don't want to talk about. You know, yeah. Can't always can't always tell your opponent what's really going on. No, There's I a lot you. about Big Mike that uh, I can tell you all the funny ha ha stories, and I can tell you all that. And I can tell you about all those things, but brother, there's a lot about me people don't know. But November the fourth, they're gonna find out. Yeah, November the fourth, Rampage Pro Wrestling Retribution. Uh, yes. That'll be at the uh, Delaware Agricultural Museum. Uh, you can get your tickets now. Bell time at 7 o'clock. Doors open at 6.30 in Dover. Uh, I think I need to I think I need to, to get to this show. <laughs> I, think, I, I think I think it's time. <laughs> I think it's time. I, I tell you what, brother, if you haven't been to a rampage show, you're missing out. I've been and, uh, I've been yeah. told that more than a few times, and I'm tired of missing out. And, and I'm so proud that. Uh, Jay Cortez has given me the opportunity to, you know, help. I mean, I've been with Jay since the inception of this thing. And, um, you know, me and Jay, Jay, I was the first person Jay approached. And uh, he said, Mike, I want you a part of this. And, and I've been with him, you know, over the whole year we've been. I've been a part of every show. And uh, um, now this, this group of thugs want to come in. And then hey, let's not also not forget about the December the 9th show. Um, that one is going to be super duper special. That one's going to be super duper special. And that's going to be back at the I, uh, Ag Museum again, correct? 
I, uh, I believe so. I know they're working that deal out, so I don't. Okay. I, it's not for that's not that was not set in stone. So okay, we'll, we'll uh, give details when when the, when those come out. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the November fourth show. I know I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna drag Ryan down anybody I can because this main event, uh, Survivor Series style, uh, you know, Team Rampage versus Team Project Mayhem. You know, Big Mike captaining one side, uh, Mac Mayhem on the other side. Uh, it's 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 not really. I'm not really anticipating a five star wrestling match. I'm anticipating an all out brawl. Uh, a fight. That's what this is gonna be. Yeah. And, uh, I will say this, and, mm-hmm. and I I always said I'm not a professional wrestler. I have always said that because I am not, and I have respect for everything you boys do. Trust me, on believe me when I say that. But I am a man. And I am a man that has no problem, Ryan. I hope you can't. I hope you don't bleep this out. I got no problem kicking a man's ass if he deserves it. And the attacks that Rich Steve, you know, my beef ain't even with uh, Mac Mayhem. My beef's not with Johnny Cross. My beef's not with uh, Ray Rumble. My beef. Is with Rich Steve and Corey Cross. The attack, the, the the links that this man has gone to to get me to this point, to get, it, it, it's got to happen. He don't like looking at me, I don't like looking at him. So, yeah, don't take care of that problem here November 4th. Yeah, I don't want to uh, repeat what was said, but when you, you know, harass another man's wife, that's a line that whether it's wrestling or whatever, you just don't cross, and uh, they cross that line. So. And I think my my beautiful bride, and I will put her over like a million dollars. My beautiful bride, she got a little punch on her. I don't know if y'all saw that, but uh, I did. The, the There's a video. The Maybe Paige will share something it. Something on it, boy. <laughs> Woo. That's what he, uh, she does to me when I don't wash the dishes. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looked uh, it looked pretty stiff. So, um, anyway, where uh, where can anybody find you? Or are you on social media? You have a YouTube page, anything like that? You want to plug? Yeah, you can find me on uh, my YouTube uh, pages, uh, Big Mike Michael Scott. Um, you can also find my Facebook page, Big Mike Scott. Um, Michael Scott's my normal page. I'm also on Instagram at Big Mike Scott. Um, yeah, and uh, we're getting ready to, you know, I'm getting ready to call this thing, hang up the microphone, as they say, hang up the suit. And um, again, you know, we keep talking about November the fourth, but I, I also want to say, um, and watch for the details. December the 9th, and, and, and as a wrestling fan, you always, you know, I don't know if I can say this without getting choked up. Um, the fact that these men have all gotten together to honor me 
is pretty damn cool. Because I ain't nothing, man. <laughs> I don't know what you all see in me because I don't see it myself, but I, I really appreciate it. And uh, the fact that all this is happening is going to be a great thing. So, guys, be watching for tickets for December the 9th. My, my final show, The Curtain Call, we're going to have a special. I know we, one of the matches is a Rumble. It's going to be a Royal Rumble-type match. It will be in memory of my father, Randolph Scott. 25-man rumble, and uh, I think it's only fitting that uh, that we do that. So, uh, big thank you to all those promoters that are working their tireless, I think I got a meeting about it next week, they're working their tireless efforts to get that show going, and again, November the 4th, it's the end of Project Mayhem. Well, let's it's hope so. Mayhem. Like I said, uh, when I saw you last weekend, I'm I'm hoping this isn't final, you hanging up the microphone. But if it is, we got to send you out the right way. Um, I think people should check out November 4th at Rampage and definitely that December 9th show. Um, we'll have all that information on our page. We'll be sharing it. And uh, I just want to say thanks again. This is an incredible interview. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for sharing your stories and opening up and um you know i hope uh i wish you the best and i'll, I'll see you soon god bless you guys thank you so much very honored thank you very much that you asked me i really appreciate it thank you absolutely thank you thank you very much for your time and all the stories and whoo this is gonna be a fun one to listen back to <laughs> i agree i and again i've got plenty more stories where those came from i can tell you stories about Jasmine St. Clair, I can tell you stories about... We'll have to uh, do another episode at some point. Yeah, absolutely. I got thousands of stories. I got this, thousands of stories. I mean, I know we... we uh, I'm sh with these Rampage shows coming up, we can certainly, uh, certainly have no problem having you back on, do a little promotion, get some more stories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're just making excuses Brother, to have them on now. <laughs> make an you, you make an excuse and then we'll figure it out, I promise you. <laughs> All right. Thanks again. Bye-bye now. Wow. I have not laughed that hard in a good long time. How did you feel about that? <laughs> How did I feel about that? Yeah. Um, I you, you were correct when you said at the open of the show that I was not as familiar with some of his work and really who, who Mike Scott is. And... Um, you told me that we had a guest booked today, and I did some homework, and I looked into a little bit of his background and um, got a chance to kind of look him up a little bit and hear some of... I've heard some other stories as well that he's told. And a, a treasure trove of wrestling is, is pretty apropos. Um, the, he has a ton of stories. I know we recorded that, and then for about 10, 15 minutes, we kept going... There's definitely enough material to fill a few podcasts, and he and said he's got like two hours of stories at least. And I mean, we should do. We it. could totally have done that, but we have respect for his time. Yeah, um, <laughs> it was. I don't know. It was important to me. I just kind of want to say, you know, so many times people listen to certain podcasts that have big name stars on them, and and that's all well and good. But it was important to me to be like, okay you can have a fulfilling 
enjoyable, great life. And you can be in wrestling and have that and not be somebody that's known nationally or internationally. Um, not that Mike isn't known around wrestling. He is. But it's. I just felt like it was important. Um, so hopefully that did him justice, like I said. And uh, we should, we should uh, do our usual shtick and talk about some important things in wrestling news going on this week. Of course, um, you know, Bobby Heenan passed away yeah this i i am no easy way to say i am glad you got a guest this week because that would have been a very somber start but um we want to take a few minutes and just bobby heenan for me who picked up wrestling in the mid 2000s where noob right well like eh kind of although it's been it's been over a decade now um Anyways, as somebody who picked up wrestling in the mid-2000s, the last time Bobby Heenan made a WWE appearance was in 2004 for the Hall of Fame. So I never got to see him do a live appearance. I never got to see him do that. But thankfully for things like the network and WWE, always had great video packages of the 70s and the 80s and uh, even into the 90s where you could go back and relive some of that and... You and I actually sat, before we came down here to record, you and I sat and watched uh, just five and a half minutes of him doing color commentary for Survivor Series, what was it, 92? Um, Whichever one had the Hart family versus versus Sean and his knights or whatever weird gimmick that was. and I I feel like that, I'm pretty sure that was, I I don't know if it was 92, it was somewhere in that region, somewhere in that time frame, but... He, Bobby Heenan was a special talent in pretty much anything he did. Um, you know, we as wrestling fans were lucky in that way. We got to see, we got to basically have him do all to ourselves. But Bobby Heenan was smart enough, funny enough, witty enough that he could have gone and done other things, and he probably would have fit into other avenues. Granted, he did give that a shot, and it didn't quite work out for him. Uh, you have things like the Bobby Heenan show, which was kind of under the WWE banner, as it were, back in the day. Mm-hmm. The WWF banner. I don't want to see too much like a brand, <laughs> brand conscious person. But the you see so many moments through the 70s, 80s, and 90s that he's a part of. You had the late 70s with him being in the AWA and being with the Blackjacks. Yeah. Nick Bockwinkle and Ray Stevens. You get into the 80s, he comes to WWE. He's with almost every major heel, including turning Andre, which nobody thought could be done. And nobody would have considered, oh, they're going to turn Andre the giant heel. He was the biggest babyface attraction of all time up to that point. And at that point, his body was breaking down, and he obviously, being a, a native French speaker, couldn't go toe-to-toe with Hogan and promos so the biggest thing or the best thing that you could do is put him with somebody like Bobby Heenan to really sell the fight and, and really get people to buy tickets and he had a knack for that and go back and watch that Piper's Pit segment yeah with it starts with Roddy Piper and Jesse the Body Ventura and they're both saying I brought my guy Roddy Piper's guy was Hulk Hogan 
Jesse Ventura's guy was Andre the Giant flanked by Bobby Heenan. And just having Heenan next to Andre was enough to shock people. Yeah, um, we were commenting on it at WrestleMania 3, you know, the most famous WrestleMania main event of all time, probably. Um, Andre's coming out on that little motorized ring, and he's being a babyface. He's waving and smiling and everything. And but people just are throwing things at people him. People are throwing garbage at him because just because... Bobby Heenan was standing next to him. And you know Bobby Heenan did something ingenious at that point. I don't know if they talked about this beforehand or if just Andre just was waving. Because uh, Andre was a smart dude. Yeah. Like, Andre was a smart guy. I sound like Hulk Hogan. I was watching too much Hulk Hogan clips. Smart dude, brother. Brother. Um, he could have just been waving just in the moment. Knowing that this was probably going to be his last big, the big moment he's ever going to have. Yeah. Andre knowing what his body was doing and knowing where his career was headed... Bobby doesn't. Bobby at first is just standing there, and he's looking out at the crowd. He looks up and he sees Andre waving, and he starts waving too. <laughs> and as soon as he starts waving, more garbage comes yeah. hauled towards them. And it's just those little things he did so well, and he. It, it's amazing to go back and look at who was in the Heenan family. It could be its own wing of the Hall of Fame. It could be, and. Like, like you said, you got into wrestling in the mid-2000s. I got in in the mid-90s. So the the first Bobby Heenan that I saw live was WCW Bobby Heenan, which, you know, there's story after story after story with that, and it's kind of not a great time period in his life. He wasn't really enjoying what he was doing. He was doing it to be, you know, to travel less and make good money and everything like that, but he wasn't having the fun that he had in the WW the WWF, if I can say it. And um, branding has gotten you. <laughs> it has T- got me tongue tied. But um, so a lot of my like this is before the network, before the um, WWE twenty four seven service that they used to offer. Um, a lot of my introduction and familiarity with Bobby Heenan came from like VHS tapes of SummerSlam and Survivor Series and Royal Rumbles. Um, the Royal, the 1992 Royal Rumble, which I don't know why I'm having such a hard time right now. I must, anyway, uh, where he calls that, that's the one where Flair, um, wins. Uh, spoiler. Uh, <laughs> It's 1992. You had 25 years. <laughs> I think you've missed your chance to be spoiled. Uh, but yeah, he's just... There was anything that Bobby Heenan did, whether it was manage or commentate or even wrestled. I mean, he could sell and he could bump like a madman. So The weasel suit. Yeah, anything that he did got over. And it's amazing that it's still fresh. It's almost like evergreen in a way. Um because we're still cracking up about the jokes 20, 30 years later. I mean, you watch some of the other commentary and, and not so much. Yeah, it's he he and Gorilla Monsoon, if they're not if they're not the unanimous number one uh play by play and color commentary team of all time, they're in just about everybody's Mount Rushmore. They're yeah. they're in that they're in that rarefied air, and that was his third different career option in the business. Yeah. He came in, he wanted to be a wrestler, and then he became one of the all time great managers, and then he was on color commentary, and he's one of the best that's ever done that. So, it's 
the the wrestling world certainly has lost a legend, uh, to say the least. And really quick before we before we move on to other things, the the one of the most overlooked things and and was recognized in a piece I read earlier this week about Heenan's work. The night the NWO was formed, Hulk Hogan comes out, and Hogan's the babyface. He's coming out to stop the Outsiders from beating up Macho Man Randy Savage. And he's coming out, and he's going he's gonna to save the day. Mm-hmm. As he's walking out, Bobby Heenan, and of course WCW announcers, the commentators never knew exactly what was going on. They weren't told in advance most of the time. Part of that is because WCW wanted organic reactions. So in doing that, he didn't know that Hogan was going to be the heel. They tried to keep it under wraps, and from what I understand, they did a very good job of it. Hogan coming out, and Heenan goes, well, whose side is he on? Like, nobody would question Hogan. Yeah. Why would... Heenan does it because it's part of his character, and that's something that, even though he wasn't planning on it, inadvertently became one of the greatest pieces, because if Heenan doesn't say that, all it does by him saying, well, whose side is he on? Well, it's Bobby Heenan. He's a, he's a heel. Naturally, him saying that's going to strengthen your resolve that Hogan is going to save the day. Yeah, once once he says, once he says, whose side is he on? You, as the viewer, go, oh, shut up, Bobby Heenan. He's a good guy. And then There's when, no it, doubt when the point. turn happens, it's five times as impactful. Yeah, it, it was incredible. And he has so many incredible moments. If... I am waiting for the WWE Network collection. Um, We assume it's coming because it's It's it will be fantastic, and it it will be twelve and a half hours long. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and yeah, it's crazy. Um, Uh, But the wrestling world certainly lost a legend, and um, Bobby Heenan will certainly be missed. Um, And I, I definitely teared up a little bit watching those packages that WWE put together on Raw. Yeah. Uh, that that video package they put together, which is like three or four minutes long, it's fantastic. Yeah, they have some of the some of the best people for that. You know, in any entertainment, in anything. Yeah. Um, let's transition to something a little lighter. Um, did you hear about the survey that the WWE Network put out? I've heard about it, although I know very few details. As uh, the issue I've had is I saw that it was reported that there was something coming out, but I didn't see what it was. So they do these from time to time. These Oh, uh, no, I see what you're talking about. I just Googled it. <laughs> yeah, these network surveys, um, I guess to kind of get a feel for what people would pay more for or what people want to see. Um, but there's some... There's some notable things that I wanted to point out. Um, one of them was a scripted original drama, uh, and then it's it's described as a WWE version of Game of Thrones, which, <laughs> let me tell you... <laughs> I hope that got the lowest votes. I can only I love hope. Game of Thrones, just not... I don't want WWE's w- you, version of this. You are a wrestling sports entertainment company do sports entertainment you know the ufc fight pass would never be like would you like to see a breaking bad version of ufc i mean that's kind of the ultimate fighter that's like that's kind of they kind of did the same thing now 
Fight Pass doesn't have, I don't think, the subscriber numbers that WWE Network has. True. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. The The network, I don't, they keep trying these things, and I think it's because they don't feel like they can fill 24 hours a day, seven days a week type situation with just wrestling. Yeah. You get a lot of repeats. Of course, you what know. What do you do now? If you ever just go watch the network and just have it on, they really only do new programming a couple of times a day. It's right around prime time. And or they drop it on demand, so yeah, most they, of the time it's NXT, it's superstars, main event, old nitros, old Saturday nights main events. Like there's a lot of things always going on in the network, but most of it's the library. So the library is part is like part A of why the network is great, but the tournaments and things that it has, which as mentioned on this list, tournaments mm-hmm. was mentioned on here. And their options were, uh, uh, their description under there was a WWE versus NXT tournament, I'm in. Tag team tournament, I'm so in. Lucha tournament, super Hmm. in. Mm -hmm. King slash queen of the ring, I really want it to be a pay-per-view, so I don't want it to happen. Only if the winner of the king of the ring and the winner of the queen of the ring then become the main characters in WWE Game of Thrones. (laughs) What if they're siblings? That good. <laughs> we know they've been chomping at that bit for a while. Um, no, there's there's some interesting stuff. Um, We've gone through a few different things, by the way. Um, I just want to mention there's two specific things, but I want to really quickly mention they put other promotions, mm-hmm. and they mentioned ICW, mm-hmm. which they currently have a working relationship with, Progress, which mm-hmm. they currently have a working relationship with, New Japan... Which, where did that come from? I love the audacity. Like, would you like us to buy New Japan? I don't feel like they're like, they would come up, they would sooner come up with their own New Japan at this point. Newer Japan wrestling. The New Japan Sports Entertainment. Yeah, there you go. Um, NJSE and uh, Regional Indies. The Regional Indies really piques my interest, by the way. They also mentioned, you know, Impact. GFW. That was what Ring I was Honor. what I was coming back because that was its own category. Yeah. Uh, Ring of Honor, TNA, Impact slash GFW mentioned historic and new programming for Ring of Honor and TNA. <laughs> I'm super curious now. I'm curious about this, but we lest we forget they had something very similar to this go out last year. Yeah. Remember when TNA was up for sale and. Right before they went up for sale, after the whole, you know, Billy Corgan thing and everything, TNA went through its weird phase again. Um, It's been going through a weird phase for about five years. (laughs) It's been going through a weird phase for about ten years. How, how, when was the company founded? 2002. Okay, 15 years, a weird phase. It'll grow out of it, though. I'm not knocking it. It's just, it's had its troubles. Well, I, I, I feel like, I don't want... A, another wrestling company to necessarily go under because it's a lot of wrestlers that get work. Yeah, and you know there are not. I, I said this last week. There are talented people on that roster for sure. However, if TNA were to be or uh, Global Force Wrestling slash Impact mm-hmm. were to be bought out by WWE, and we had the, this conversation happen across the wrestling internet community. Um, last year too but i i just don't see it i just i don't see where they do it because although anthem is apparently 
seeking, their, looking around for their options. So they seem to have relocated to Ottawa, which is where Anthem was originally. Yeah, which Anthem is from. Bound for Glory is going to be going to emanate from Canada this year. What if they just became a Canadian promotion? I think that'd be fine. Maybe they, that's what they, they have, need to do. They have their own streaming service they're thinking of starting. I'm not sure if it's strong enough to have a following, but um, I don't know if they would. Make I don't think at this point they're willing to sell. Um, I think maybe down the line, if nothing goes right for a matter of years, then maybe. But I don't thinking. I'm not thinking anything immediately. Um, How much do you think Vince has to throw at them to sell? I don't know. See, they didn't. Anthem wouldn't have got into uh, GFW Impact, whatever it's called now, because the merger was never finalized, and now the GFW part is out. Um, I don't think they would have gotten into the whole thing if their theory was, we'll just sell for a certain dollar value. I think they really want to build up the brand and have it as a part of the Anthem family. Um, you go to their website, it's prominently displayed there along with their other ventures. So I don't think they're... I think they know uh, that it's a multi-year plan and they've only had it for a year, so give them time. Yeah, I just... I did want to I point do out, think that this is much ado about nothing, by the way. Yeah, I, the survey is just more of a... It's a wonderful the talking pot. point. Yeah, but the the one thing I did want to point out, um, you know, all the Ring of Honor, and so, I think that's just to get press, but there is an interesting idea here um, that I think might work. It would be, they call it special benefits and perks, mm -hmm. whereas if you have the network you're automatically entered into sweepstakes to win tickets in your area, um, merchandise, you get, um, they talked about a loyalty point system where the longer you have the network continuously, the more loyalty points you get that you can cash in for things at live events. Um, you also get, um, you know, the pre-access codes, um, free shipping on WWE shop orders. So I think that could be something that works to get people to stick around and have the, uh, the, the staying power, not just subscribe for WrestleMania and then bye-bye. You know, I think that's a good idea. I think the other stuff is a little weird, especially since any of those... Um, any of those different promotions would come with another uh, $5 fee or something like that a month. Yeah, I would say that it's interesting. I Would you... Network goes up $5 a month. You still you still get it, right? I, th I think 15 is still worthwhile. Um, they got to take down that nine ninety nine flag from the headquarters, but... I don't know. It, it, like, obviously, $5 a month isn't going to make or break most people. Um, some it will. Some will just be principal. I think for me it would be more of the principal. If it went up $5 and nothing changed, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'd pay $5 or more for another season of Camp WWE. Um, <laughs> but... No, I'm saying if they if if it goes up five dollars more and nothing changes, 
it's just the I, I same think the thing. The principle of it is is lost there. I think a lot more people would be apt to only buy around the certain hot periods of the year. Um, so I know I don't know. I would probably stick with it just to see if. The, I'll put it to you this way. If the programming, if the storylines get better, then I'd stick around. If every pay-per-view was like this No Mercy one, which... Well, we know that's the, not uh, even possible. Yeah, not possible. But I love the um, the kayfabe news headline. Did you, uh, did you see that one about No Mercy? Uh, two... WrestleMania main event worthy matches and seven velocity opener worthy matches. <laughs> no, but that that sounds about right. <laughs> uh, no, it, it's actually shaping up to be a pretty good uh, pay per view. Um, speaking of th- big news items, I wanted to kind of delve into the Jinder Mahal promo for a second. You mean the wildly overtly racist promo? I do. That because... is now two weeks in a. Two weeks, so last week, it was just, we're making fun of his face. Yeah. And they went, they kind of touched the line. This week, they just blew right over the line. And I don't know who told him to say that, but what is wrong with you? Here's my take on it. I Um, guess maybe that answers my point, because I'm like, I feel so much heat. Not towards gender, though. Yeah. I don't feel the heat towards gender. I he is says what he's told to say yeah somebody in creative has all this heat right now and this it's, is a horrible John way laurinitis <laughs> no i'm kidding that was i that wasn't a bad john laurinitis go on um here's how i took it and and what you said is a very important point i have no problem with them having a character who makes racist comments because I think if you're going to tell a story in a narrative, your bad guy has to have qualities that are bad. Um, and I don't care if it's wrestling or if it's a movie. If they're, you know, you watch, um, what was that Quentin Tarantino movie? Django Unchained. There's yeah. racist characters in that. Now we don't get mad at the actor. We don't get mad at Quentin Tarantino. We don't. A get lot of mad. people got mad at Quentin Tarantino. Well, yeah. But I don't. I don't disagree with with the point that you're making. But please go on. That's the that's the, that's the idea. So I don't I don't mind having the the racial um, tension in there. But what you said is true. Do you, are you are the fans getting mad are they chanting that's too far at gender or are they chanting it at the writing staff they're chanting it at wwe and i can and tell you why because that was a snarky crowd it was that it was a small snarky crowd snarky smarts yeah it was it was a very snarky crowd and it was it, you, you know it was because Later on in the evening, when Dolph Ziggler continued his hopeless bid at getting over with whatever this new character idea is of, I'm just going to emulate entrances of wrestlers you'd rather see than me, mm-hmm. um, they uh, they were chanting CM Punk, which <laughs> only seems to happen at snarky crowds. I hate that chant, by the way. Even CM Punk hates that chant, yes. it, but is the universal... We we disapprove of what you're doing wwe chant that is that is what it's become 
Um, anyway, that was my take on the gender thing. I think it's fine to do, but you gotta direct the heat towards the character, not the writers. Um, and they they didn't do it in a way that was conducive to that. Uh, I'm not sure if there's a way to just jump into that or if you need to precondition the fans a little bit more. I think they're still suffering from Vince McMahon becoming an on-air personality and blurring that line between wrestling and Vince McMahon. You know, you... That's why people get so heated about WWE because they think it all, they just view it as bad writing or bad Vince McMahon. Um, you wouldn't really think about other things that way. I mean, maybe maybe a, maybe a good uh, analogy would be like George Lucas and Star Wars, <laughs> whereas um, once you know it became popular knowledge that George Lucas was writing the directing the prequels people blame George Lucas for them rather than the movie. It's a weird loose analogy, but I think it works. Um, In other wrestling news, uh, we have Death Before Dishonor coming up um, this Friday. Yeah, the main event event of that will be Cody Rhodes defending his Ring of Honor World Championship against Suzuki from Mm -hmm. New Japan. And... uh, this it, it's going to be an interesting match even if it's not a five star classic it will be an interesting match to uh to say the least how do you feel about cody's ring of honor world title run so far i'm not entirely sure um ring of honor's world title has always been just because of the nature of the business and the nature of that promotion has always been a little bit odd to me mm-hmm. at times. It almost feels like who it who it is matters more than what they're doing with it. Mm-hmm. Unless you have somebody like Jay Lethal who goes out and is... Jay Lethal was champion for like 400-some days or something. Mm-hmm. He was champion for a long time. And you it's a great look, run. It's kind of... The Ring of Honor World Championship... I'm trying to think of the best way to put this without turning off any wrestling fans <laughs> that follow Ring of Honor. Um, it's almost a matter of the story of the title, of who you are, matters more than who actually has the title at that moment. And what I mean by that is you look at who's held the Ring of Honor title in the past. CM Punk, Samoa Joe, uh it was. I don't know why I just like why I just year, blanked so hard on on low key. But he was the first one. He was the first one. That's why um, I don't know why I blanked so hard. Brian but, Danielson. But Brian Danielson, Christopher Daniels last Austin year. Aries. Yeah, I, that's what I was gonna say. Um, when when Daniels won it, it was really about who won it because it was such a special story. Right. But then. It kind of trailed off, and that, I, I do see what you're saying. They have a very good initial. We won the title, but the follow up isn't always as strong, and I think that's what's going on right now with the Cody thing. Well, part of that too, Ring of Honor is also interesting because they do so much work with Japan, mm-hmm. and honestly, I've seen more New Japan matches with Cody as champion than I have Ring of Honor matches, and 
That being said, I love New Japan. Mm-hmm. And this is, it's no remark against Ring of Honor. It's just their styles and how they present themselves are different. And I just lean more towards New Japan. Mm-hmm. But Ring of Honor, if you, unless you really, really go watch it, it's harder, honestly, to watch because they have bigger space, bigger time differences between their biggest events. Um, Death Before Dishonor is their biggest show since I think Cody won the title back at was best in the world mm-hmm. so and that was in july that was excuse me that was in late june yep because that was well yeah that was before long beach right yes he was he was ring of honor world defended, champion yep at long beach it was like two weeks after he won the title he faced okada for new, the new japan title yeah so i i don't know i i don't have a problem with cody being the champion he's recognizable He's a good wrestler. He's going to have good matches with almost anybody. Uh, this Suzuki match is very interesting to me, but I, I, I guess I think we need to give it more time and see how this plays out. Uh, but we are so over time, and we have we not are? even talked about the fact that No Mercy is coming up. So well, can I get can I get three quick beats, less than ten seconds, and then we get into No Mercy? Okay. Um, Want to send our thoughts out to Mexico. CMLL has canceled all upcoming shows due to the crazy earthquake that they had. Um, so hopefully they get back on their feet and they recover. It's been a horrible couple of weeks for natural disasters and people affected by them. Um, so we're sending our thoughts and hopefully they get back on their feet soon. Um, WWE is sending Cedric Alexander to work for Evolve for a couple of dates coming up this weekend, uh, which is an interesting relationship. Um, Ric Flair, back home, vows to never drink alcohol again. Um, I I hope with all my heart that that is true. Um, but if he does drink again, I hope it's not at a level that will hurt him although i don't know how vulnerable he is following his recent health scare where he you know had multiple organ failure and everything like that um it's come out now that the doctor told ashley better known as charlotte um to that she better get to the hospital to say her goodbyes it was that bad um uh last thing kind of a a nicer note i guess uh daniel bryan um, emphasized again that he would be coming back to wrestle. He was asked on a scale of one to ten, um, how likely would it be that he returned to the ring after he's, you know, out of his contractual ties? He said eleven. We will see Daniel Bryan, aka Bryan Danielson, back in Ring of Honor. Very exciting. Before too long, I'm sure. Uh, hopefully not to his detriment. I. It's almost like watching football with watching Daniel Bryan now. I do you feel love, that, yeah. You love seeing him in the ring, but you're, every time he takes a bump that looks a little wrong or he dives out of the ring, every time are you now going to think, is he is he killing himself? Yeah, I think... I'm hope, I and, and that's just... Part of that, too, is you know I, I've seen a lot of what concussions can do to people. And I, I just don't want to see it happen to him. No. And I'm hoping that it's a situation where 
WWE's doctors are just being overly cautious, and he's gonna he's gonna wrestle in a way when he comes back that's smart and will limit that from happening. But I'm hoping also that he is he is wise enough to realize that if he goes and he starts to get a couple more concussions, like he needs to be done. Yeah, um, I, I never. Think, I, I think never, at this point more doctors he's found more doctors than not saying he's okay to wrestle i think absolutely he needs to redefine his style i think there's no shame in that stone cold did that after he broke his neck turned out to be one of the greatest things for him um i think if he wants to wrestle and wants to wrestle a lot for a long time he really needs to be careful um as everyone does and uh hopefully Nothing bad will come of it. Um, still, I'm excited to see the return. We'll see uh, exactly exactly how that plays out. Let's get into No Mercy. Uh, let's go through this rapid fire. All Might right. as well. Um, start off at the bottom. I, As usual, I'm on WWE's website. I have their card pulled up in front of me. So I'm going by whatever they're judging as the most important. And apparently least important will be... The Miz defending his Intercontinental Championship against Jason Jordan. Does The Miz correctly defend his title, or is Jason Jordan going to take it from him and get more booze? I don't. I don't know how success. It might work if Jason Jordan wins it. There might be something, but I really don't think it will. So I'm going to go with Miz. Agreed. Neville defends his Cruiserweight Championship against the. Most horribly booked going into a title match yeah. individual in Enzo Amore. I have never. They've really. I don't think the I've ever division. seen. I don't think I've ever seen a challenger for a championship buried under as much dirt as Enzo has been buried. I I get that. I, it seemed like it was a situation where he needed to be kind of taken down a peg, and he just he needed to just hold the bag and take it. But yeah. why would you put him in this match then? Find an excuse to get him out of it because all he's done is look stupid. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and it brings down the whole division because these are supposed to be the two best in that division. And right now, there's one guy in this division. Uh, just like with the just like with the Miz and Jason Jordan, it it's almost ridiculous enough that Enzo might win. Jordan might win. I don't know. I don't think they should. In a perfect world. They wouldn't even be in those matches. Not, not a knock against Jason Jordan or Enzo. It's just the booking. Yeah, in a perfect world, in a perfect world, Austin Aries would be champion. That's true. Um, Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt. Uh, no demon is no the way demon. is the stipulation, which is the weirdest stipulation I've ever heard. Which is impressive. This is the no demon match. No demons allowed, guys. Better surround the ring and rock salt and purify it. No demons at no mercy. Um, I don't, I don't even know what Balor, this feud is. Wait, anymore. Balor not having the demon is kind of giving Bray Wyatt some mercy. Yeah. So I, there is some mercy. That's true. It's not absolutely some mercy is no not quite as not quite as thrilling. I maybe guess. it's maybe it's no mercy. No comma mercy. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what the that's that's what that guy with the really low voice that they had to bring back. They had to use the same song as last year. Yeah. To bring back the no mercy guy. Balor versus Wyatt 
yes, this is a super confusing feud, and I don't understand why two of the better performers are in this. It makes me mad. You're wasting... You've managed to get a feud with two of the most interesting characters, and you've wasted them both. Yeah. Uh, Like, like, is this... We have, is this like a, a microcosm of what would have happened if that dream Undertaker Sting match happened? Would it be this bad? I feel like you can't screw that booking up because Undertaker would have been involved. Neither you, of these. Me. WrestleMania. No paint. <laughs> Goldust was Dustin Rhodes. Which weird. I was so confused. So we both assume Balor's winning, right? Do they want to buy the TNA library for Black Rain? I don't like what's next? I I don't know. Wyatt? <laughs> I think Balor has to win because he looks awfully stupid if he can't win outside the paint. That's true. Which sounded like basketball rock. Performance enhancing paint. P E P. Um, that sounds like a tag team name. I'm pretty sure that so there's a tag team name out there called PEP. I'm sure there's a tag team name out there called PED. I hope so. Because it would be it would be something to say the least. Raw tag team champions Rollins and Ambrose defend against Cesaro and Sheamus. The Bar. Ah, finally, it, a, a match that I think is going to be pretty good. Just because all four of these guys, whether one of them's a little stiff or not, um, and I won't say which one, but it rhymes with Amos. Um, I think all four of these guys really put in the effort. Um, so I think it's going to be a, manat- a good match, and I'm going to go with uh, Rollins and Ambrose. Yeah, they keep their titles, although I think Cesaro and Sheamus should still be champion. Yeah. Um, Raw Women's Championship, Alexa Bliss versus Sasha Banks versus Bailey versus Nia Jax versus Emma. Could we get every woman in this match or not? This is no mercy for the fans. Um, I, Emma. Can we, can we have, <laughs> can we have a women's match or a women's feud that doesn't involve every single woman on the roster? It's getting to be a bit much. Yeah, it, we're, we're falling back into old habits here. And SmackDown um, is no better. Nope. And, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't even know. Uh, I don't know how you bring Bailey back in her hometown and then not even like do much with her to get her over. She got cheered. Yeah, I guess. Bliss wins is the yeah, correct I guess. answer. Yeah, <laughs> Bliss retains in all of this insanity. All right. Because Sasha Banks, well, Sasha Banks could win. She only wins in pay per views. Ow! I just how I just rub my hands together for effect because we're about to talk about the two matches that everyone cares about and you screwed up your hand that got messed up at rampage yeah <laughs> we are so over time and we hadn't talked about rampage and we're still two matches done for being done let's go quick cena versus reigns it's got to be reigns or else he's done not if you want him to be babyface have cena go over okay have cena go over Lesnar versus Strowman, which, by the way, I think these two matches are switched. Cena and Reigns is the actual main Man. event. I don't know. Uh, I'm going Lesnar. I think it's a just, it's a hair too early on Strowman. I uh, can I assume this match ends in some sort of chicanery. Chicanery. I can only assume that this match ends with Lesnar absolutely killing Braun Strowman because it's the only way Strowman continues to look strong. If you're going to beat him clean, Lesnar has to hit him with like 12 F5s. Are we going to get the much-anticipated Heyman turn? 
seeing as Haman has built Strowman up as the next, next big thing. Well, Haman is regularly builds up the opponents. Like, Haman is the only manager that will always build up the opponent mm-hmm. in addition to him, his own uh, client. So, which is why Haman is one of the, still one of the best promos, because he gets what you need to do. Uh, he doesn't just put the other guy down. He builds both of them up and then makes his guy look stronger. It's great. Heyman knows what he's doing. He knows how to sell tickets. Uh, which, according to Vince McMahon, is something not very many people know how to do. It's unique. It's and it unique. is. Um, so, Lesnar, I think Lesnar wins, but there, there's going to be something else that goes with this match. Yeah. I, I just I just know. How about the room? Is is The Undertaker showing up at No Mercy still a rumor? Is that Was that a rumor? It was a rumor for a couple of weeks. Who, who would he show up for? I, my assumption would be Cena or Reigns. My assumption is it would be a build to the Cena match at WrestleMania. Ah, eh, throw him in the women's match. That would be great. Not so much for the women in that match, but that would be pretty fantastic. It, the women's match would be the talk of the town. Let's really, really quickly go over uh, what happened over the weekend at Rampage oh, we, Wrestling. I think we covered it well enough in the interview. Um I I'm not a part of this feud between Rampage and I should say I I, I wasn't a part of this feud between I think Rampage you were made a part of and this Team feud. Uh, Project Mayhem, uh, and yeah, I was just I got to the venue and I was unpacking from my car. I got sideswiped, uh, beat down dislocated a finger um got a big laceration on my back feeling a little worse for wear but you know i thought i could i thought i could get my revenge later in the night i was going to come to the aid of big mike mike scott um only to be turned on by the returning rex savage so i don't know where they think they're going but my sights are locked on Project Mayhem. And all I can say is, you know, Mayhem doesn't scare me. They managed to make a quite a lot of enemies, from what I understand. Yeah. So, um, alright, we will end it with that. I want to add one tiny piece of trivia we talked earlier with uh, with Big Mike, who was from Warner Robins, Georgia, originally. I looked up the town of Warner Robins, Georgia. Uh, mm-hmm. It's also, of course, the town where Ron Simmons is from. Mm-hmm. I found one more WWE alumni that is from Warner Robins, Georgia. Oh, really? And uh, you might be a smidge surprised to find out it's Ken Shamrock. Wow. Ken Shamrock is who would have thought is originally he's right next to Ron Simmons. I thought Warner Robbins was an ice cream shop. <laughs> <laughs> that is the worst, and that's what we're going to end on. Uh, stay tuned for the plugs. If you stuck it out with us this long, you are wonderful people who have great patience. And uh, big thanks to Big Mike because that was that was a really good interview, and we certainly enjoyed our time with him we i really thought we were gonna go like maybe 20 30 minutes we went 45 and we easily stopped it and gone. then went on for another third, like easily could have gone on twice that we'll have to have him back on like we said uh like ryan said stay tuned for the plugs and upcoming events uh speaking of upcoming events real quick before we go you have an upcoming event 
September 29th, Friday, Denton, Maryland, Denton Fire Hall, Adrenaline Championship Wrestling. There you go. Good deal. Do you, is there anything else? I, There's one on October 4th or 7th. Well, I'll talk about it next week. Okay, we'll, we'll get those dates squared away. Uh, ACW next week, and uh, stay tuned for the plugs. We'll see you next week. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash barricade show. Follow us on Twitter at barricade show. You can listen to the show each and every week at soundcloud.com slash barricade show or search for Over the Barricade podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Follow Lee Brando on Snapchat, Twitter, and Instagram at Lee Brando underscore and send him a friend request on Facebook. Just search for Lee Brando. And don't forget you can send us an email over the barricade podcast at gmail.com send in your suggestions we'll see you next week